This is Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Ball Review, speaking with two of my, my buddies, friends, bros, colleagues in media and life, KJ, Kevin Joseph, and Juan Beltran. KJ, you go first, man. You were natural at this from last week. How you doing? Doing great, man. It's the, the cool weather is gone in Houston, so, you know, hey, I'm enjoying the heat. I'm a summer baby, so I enjoy it. So, but no, I'm doing great overall, man. And joining us today is a superstar in, in training. Juan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Chris. I appreciate the, uh, the invite to your podcast, man. I always see it, uh, for the last five years, I've always seen it get posted, but I've never been invited. So it's truly a pleasure to be on with you, especially with Kevin Joseph, with KJ, man, who's a legend. Cougars tonight. I mean, the man is well rounded in the city of Houston. Yeah, he got all my he got all my nerves last week when they, when I forgot the name of the show Cougars tonight. You know, he, oh. he yelled it three times. You know, each time he got louder. Oh, you want to get on Cage's oh, good side? You always say Cougars tonight, man. I mean, you may screw something out, but you say Cougars tonight, you're good. Is that true, KJ? Very much so. I mean, you know, it, it, that 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 um, show has went down into fifteen sixty lore. I mean, so, yeah. And, it, and trust me, to this day, I still always remind people, I have my own radio show, especially uh, when I meet someone new that is either new to Houston or just new to the sporting media industry. <laughs> hey, it'll never go away. It's like me. If I stop doing TV, I can just say, hey, I was in TV and I got the headshot to prove it. <laughs> and, and that's why both of you fellas, are, I, I invited you on here. <laughs> And Juan, I, I told, said to KJ last week, we may have to do a, a reincarnation with a twist of Cougars tonight with me on it now with him. So I have to follow his lead and see how he wants to do all that kind of stuff, you know. But let's get right into it, oh, fellas. Definitely. Football season right around the corner, so I'm ready. I'm, we, we surely can do that. As long as there's no baseball involved, you know, I'll just be a silent partner for baseball. You know, I would just, mm-hmm, yeah, good, right, okay. <laughs> Have, we will not do college baseball. I'm not going to do it like that. Uh, I didn't say college baseball. I said baseball. <laughs> baseball. Yeah. He don't care if it's little league. No. Nope. High school, college, or pros. He, he, he's staying away from it. I got you, I Chris. I got you covered. Now, you want to throw in some hockey. You know, I can maybe throw in some stuff. Now, we getting close to the Stanley Cup finals and stuff. I may be able to talk a little bit about that. Not much, though. But more than baseball. That's for sure. Gotcha. We'll keep it duly noted. All right, Rockets, Warriors, Western Conference Finals starts Monday, game one, 7.30 tip-off, Rockets are hosting. Juan, you go first. Who you got in the series, man? Tell me why. Look, uh, I, I feel like that R. Kelly song, my mind's telling you no, but my body, yes. Uh, you know, my my mind is saying the Warriors. They just, they're just, they've been here before. They have the experience. They have the rings. But my heart, being, being from Houston, hometown, here with Rockets, my first love growing up, and professionally, obviously, you know, I would love to see the Rockets win, but I don't, I, I just don't see, I just have not seen good enough basketball from the Rockets in these last, uh, 10 games to where you're just like, you know what? They can take on the Warriors. You know, if it wasn't for, in the series against Minnesota, a 50 point quarter, in the in the third quarter in that game four, okay, uh, up to then up to then 
that was their best basketball. In Utah, they played great. You know, obviously they never let Utah take the lead all throughout those two games, only if it wasn't for that first three-pointer by uh, Joe Ingles, if I'm not mistaken. But I, I just I just don't see the Rockets having enough for them to take down the Warriors, man. They, they're just, you know, you got Kevin Durant, you got Clay Thompson, Andre Iguodala, Steph Curry. Uh, they just have too much firepower. And, and I've always been a firm believer that ISO ball, it just doesn't work in the playoffs unless – you're LeBron James. You're taking on against the world. Uh, and with that said, you know either the Warriors in six or seven. But then again, I'm, I'm hoping and praying. You know, I don't care what religion you are. Pray that the Rockets come. You know, come out and, and, and shock the world and beat the Warriors. I don't care if it's six or seven. But you know, you know, mentally or in my mind, I, I have the Warriors winning the series. KJ, what you say? I can't go too far away from anything that Juan said uh, because I feel the same way on all accounts as far as just the way the Rockets have looked. And I even have to extend it to the the last day, two and a half weeks of the season. Basically, ever since they clinched home court, they kind of took their foot off the pedal. Now, yes, they put their foot back on the pedal in both series, when the when they tie one one and they have this mindset of kind of back against the wall, you know, even though they they there wasn't, but it was the you know just the fallacy of the back against the wall because you tied one one. I mean, well, no, it was two zero and two one when they lost that you know they lost that third game in in Minnesota. But still, the mindset of they never dominated them until basically the other team won one game, and so my mindset is. I've said it long ago. The only way they could beat the the Warriors is in Game Seven in Houston because the Game Seven was in Houston, so they definitely needed home court. They got what they wanted. Another thing is the Rockets have not lost back to back games <laughs> since January, January fourth and sixth, if I'm not mistaken. So I have to believe it's going to go seven games because. They can adjust or we will be able to adjust after a loss. That all depends on game one. They have to win game one. Now, people saying, oh, the Rockets going to uh, – the Warriors in five. That's telling me that you basically saying the Rockets either going to lose three in a row, which they haven't even lost back-to-back in four and a half months, or they're going to lose four in a row if they win game one. So if that's just to me this team does not have that makeup. So, I, I'm saying game seven, and I'm and I'm just gonna do what my heart says and go with the Rockets. I'm glad you said that, sir, because I was afraid it would be a three-zero unanimous pick for the Warriors <laughs> because <laughs> everything you said sounds good, makes sense, but I'm I'm just I'm I agree with Juan. I just Warriors in six or seven. I just don't – I'm not convinced the Rockets can beat the Warriors four times. Obviously, being a Houstonian and Houston website and sports media, all that stuff, it would be great for the Rockets to win this series, get to the finals, and have a chance to cover the finals. You know, that would be, be great. I just don't see it happening. I don't, I don't see it happening if they beat them four times. But while you mentioned something, or maybe it was KJ, about ISO ball, Eric Gordon said today 
before practice at media availability that he did not believe the Rockets would play as much ISO ball in this series because the Warriors have very good individual defenders. That answer surprised a lot of us because <laughs> we're like uh, Chris Paul and James Harden, high pick and roll, you switch on a, you know, with a big man or whatever, that's going to be ISO ball kind of stuff. So, I, But he said it more than once. What are your thoughts on what he said? Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm baffled by it, to be honest with you. So if I'm not mistaken, he said the Warriors did not have good defense. No, no, he said the Warriors have great individual defenders, and that's why they won't, the Rockets won't spend much time in ISO ball, is because Warriors defend so well one-on-one. Well, I think, I think the Warriors do, do one thing that the Rock, that I feel like the Rockets were finally able to do this season. It's, it's, it's finally, the, the Rockets are finally able to throw different looks at you, and that's one reason why they've been able to slow James Harden in the last Three post or uh, the last three years, including the the two postseason rounds. So I, you know, I, I think I think the Warriors do a good job of, of always switching it up. I mean, if it's not obviously, I, I say Clay would be the main guy on Harden, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, then they would switch. They would switch to uh, Iggy. Then obviously it would go to uh, Green. So, but now I feel like the Rockets, in a way, have what it takes to compete defensively. Because offensively, we don't know yet. Defensively, yes, we can compete. P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza, Luke Mbamute, Harden. I mean, people have yet to say this, but hey, Harden has actually stepped up and played defense in these playoffs. And I would say a lot of it has to do with Chris Paul. You know, I feel like, I feel like this, is, this is finally the relationship that, it, that has worked. Chris Paul is not your typical Dwight Howard goofing around type of guy. Uh, Chris Paul is all business. So I feel like the Rockets mentally have, you know, I think they have a defensive mind that can slow down the Warriors. Now the key here is going to be slowing down the Warriors in that third quarter because that's when the Warriors destroy everybody. If I'm not mistaken, their plus percent, point percentage in the third quarter is 283. The Rockets are 173. So that third quarter, obviously, is going to be a key coming out strong defensively. And also, who else is going to step up for the Rockets? Not, uh, because this last game, it was P.J. Tucker who was the X Factor that stepped up. Uh, in game uh, four, if I'm not mistaken, in Utah, it was uh, Eric Gordon. No, that was game three, correct? Where he had 25 points? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, when he had 25 points. So that's going to be another key for the Rockets, too. Obviously stepping up uh, defensively, but obviously slowing down that third quarter where the Warriors just seem to just eat. They come out like a dragon. They just fire out and it's <laughs> over. It's like it's like it's like Space Jam. You remember when uh, the monsters uh, they dunk and they just blow up the whole court with Buzz Bunny? That's what it feels like when the Warriors step out in the third quarter. They just eat you up alive. I, I agree with that. My only rebuttal to it is. You remember the the fifty point quarter for the Rockets was the third quarter. Now, I, exactly, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you or argue any points where it's no way that the Rockets could stop. I mean, it's no way that 
it's not going to happen and no way that Golden State is going to come and do it because history shows with this team that that's when the Rockets would come out in the second half and give up leads that they had. Now, they didn't do it as often this past this season, but in seasons before since Harden has been here, that's exactly when they would lose their game. Now, the, the, like you said, the difference is, and people, I mean, they finally got to give him the credit regardless. Chris Paul is the difference. As they were killing Utah in game three, him and Harden were going at it about whatever play that occurred and someone caught it on video probably that's sitting right next to him and posted it. And they were going back and forth, <laughs> killing Utah. So he is the difference because he doesn't have a fly-by-night, you know, ho-hum attitude that he takes on any game, and that's been the difference. What I said with a with a, a guy on last week or early this week, Tuesday night, when they when they beat Utah, when Chris Paul hit what ten or eleven in a row, Chris points the bucket. He basically said, he basically said, I am not letting y'all take me back to Utah. You know, and I, as far as the ISO ball goes, I agree. I can see what it's saying because at the beginning of the season and when they went on the 14 and 17 game win streak, it wasn't iso ball. It was drive and kick or they were throwing, you know, throwing the, doing the pick and roll and they're throwing out loose. But the difference is what they started doing in the playoffs is they would dribble the ball down to 10 seconds before they started moving. With the Warriors, maybe they won't dribble the ball down to 10 seconds because they know once you get down into that, Somebody has to make a quick decision, and some. And if you don't have a wide open look, then the Warriors are waiting for you, and you got to force them a shot. So this is the this is not only the series that that Harden and Paul make a name for themselves as far as for the rest of their careers. Paul is already going to be in the Hall of Fame because of his 13 years. But this is Harden's opportunity to see if he's a Hall of Fame player or not. Because they're gonna have to do something against two and a two and a when I say two and a half Hall of Famers, we know Kevin Durant going, we know uh, they gonna put Curry in. Clay Thompson is on the cusp, and regardless of what happens, this team Draymond Green is this team's Dennis Robin, and we know what Dennis Robin is. You know, so Green just has to do it for another five or six years, and he'll be Hall of Famer. So I'm just saying, you playing against. Four potential Hall of Famers, but the other person that matters most is the coach. Mike D'Antoni must come up with something to offset what we've seen. He had the Spurs on the hook back in, what, 2006 or seven, whenever it was, or five, whenever that was. He had them on the hook. He let them off. We know what happened. You, if you get this team on the hook with a different game plan, you had a week to come up with it, so it ain't no excuse you ain't have one or two days. You should, that's, these, those three people, this series will make or break their entire career as far as how they're looked at forever. Well, you going, I think KJ make, make a, make a break careers uh, on this tournament, on this series. That's, that's, that's saying a lot right there, man. Go ahead, Juan. And, and I agree with KJ. This can be the series for Harden, where he just, all those demons from past playoffs, 
that game seven and goal, I mean, that game six against San Antonio, uh, that, what was it, that game, also game five, game, game five, game six against Golden State in the Western Conference Finals three years ago, all those demons will be wiped away if you make some, if, if they eliminate Golden State this season. And granted, it's okay if people say, oh, but he needed Chris Paul. It's okay. That's the era we live in. We live in an era of NBA now that you can't do it by yourself unless you're LeBron James. Like he's clearly showing right now in the Eastern Conference. But I agree to a certain extent with KJ about uh, cementing his career because how many years is Chris? We don't know if Chris Paul's coming back. We don't know if Clint's coming back. And that's a, a guy that we've yet to mention, Clint Capella. Because, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't realize that Clint may walk away after this season. So if he's gone, and let's say CP3 does not reach time with the Rockets, we're back to square one, sort of like the Chandler Parsons, uh, Jeremy Linde. It's just James Harden against the world again. Iso ball and figure it out again. So do you and, ask you first one? Hold on, KJ. Ask, ask you first one. Do you believe if the Rockets lose this series, well, how much of an influence would that have on Clint Capello or CP3 returning? I think what, uh, if they lose, uh, I think Clint sees the potential. I mean, I, I would say from my personal standpoint, if I was Clint, why would I go to Phoenix where they're in a rebuilding phase? You're going to get a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're trying to lock up your future or have the possibility of a man like Tillman Fertitta who said it, he's willing to pay the luxury tax to win and stay with a superstar like James Harden and a core that's already made. I mean, I, I I don't see why you would leave. But then again, you know, win or lose, that can change a lot of it. But this is the first time, you know, the first season, these guys are together. So I believe whether they lose, if they lose, I think they're coming back. I mean, it's just next season, it, it's more about learning from your mistakes. You know what? We didn't, we didn't, uh, it's sort of like, I'm going to take you back to your bad boy Pistons days, Chris. It's like, it's like when uh, Jordan was always facing the, the, the Pistons. He, never, he, he couldn't beat them, right? Right. What is it, the first two, three seasons? That's where he finally got stronger, mentally stronger, physically stronger. They were finally able to beat him. So it may take the Rockets that type of, uh, that type of learning curve or learning growth to, to beat the Warriors, who knows? If it's not this season, maybe next season. But again, as Houstonians, we're all hoping that the Rockets, you know, knock off the Warriors. And I mean, how sweet, you know, I'm using the old words of Gene Peterson, how sweet it is or how sweet it would be to watch the Astros win it and possibly even have the Rockets win it all in one year, especially in a city like Houston where we always say, oh my God, we got to be cursed. Because we always somehow F it up in Game 7 or some kind of a big, big game or some kind of elimination game. Me and KJ have spoken to that either before games or after games of how, you know, the type of city, sports town we live in. But obviously, that's a different conversation. 
KJ, what do you say to that? If the Rockets lose, do you see Clint and or CP3 signing elsewhere? I see CP3 staying just because he's a family man. He's he's spoken so much about his family. Uh, and, again, you, you know, he said that Tillman already said the luxury tax don't bother him. So I see CP3 staying. I mean, he has no reason to leave. Clint is basically, it's, it's all based on a difference in money, which I don't know exactly what it would be. But I don't eat, but I don't see the Rockets giving him a match deal. So in retrospect, you got to even, you got to, I understand, hey, he got to go. But my thing is, I believe that the Rockets can plug and play somebody else in that same position. Man, I don't know who it is. I don't know who the upper is. But they can plug and play for based on this. CP3 made the same career for DeAndre Jordan that Clint Capella has. He does nothing different. He does it so you can plug and play a player of that because he 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 has no outside shot. Just think about this, which I'm sure we can. I mean, it could be if we had all of the uh, producers and people to look up stats and so on and so forth. Let me. I guarantee you that Ben Simmons has taken the same amount or even less shots in the paint or in I mean in the within fifteen feet that Clint has. Why? Because neither one of them can shoot outside. DeAndre Jordan cannot shoot outside. So you can plug and play somebody but to to replace Clint. I see C P three stands and I see Clint if you if they offer him that kind of money, they're gonna move he'll he'll move on. And it don't bother me because he's not someone that you cannot replace. He's he's not irreplaceable. Now, but I have to add what Warren said. The last person, and I know he said, you know, LeBron has done it by himself, but he has an all-star in Kevin Love. And he had Kyrie and Kevin Love, the, the two, the, you know, the last three years. But the person, the last player to win an NBA championship by himself without any all-stars <laughs> was Akeem Olajuwon. It's absolutely... Positively, the only one within the last 25 years that has done it. Dirk had a Hall of Famer on his team, which was kid among other players who were very great role players. But those are two Hall of Famers, right? But I'm talking about 1994. The first championship, yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about when Clyde came, because, again, you have to have somebody else to help you. So it's not a knock against James Harden that you can't, that you couldn't win a championship by yourself again, but he has to. He cannot do what he did all the way back in the finals when he was with OKC. So, but but to wrap it up, CP3 will stay, and I see Capella leaving based on the fact that uh, the Suns have already started talking on elite. And the funny thing the other night when when he had that great game and when the and and Dale Dale Olale tweeted well. That 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 Clint had did just enough for New Jersey to put the poison peel contract together, which was the same contract that the Rockets gave uh, Jeremy Lin back in the day. So you know, even let's say Phoenix offers Clint max salary. Or Phoenix, another NBA team, offers Clint max dollars. You don't believe Tillman would match it? I don't see the logic in matching it. Honestly, he may. But I mean, if they have any insight on any other players that are that have a similar skill set, that can, like I said, just shoot an eighteen foot jump shot. 
You know, you have to have more than that for you to get that much money. I've said it a long time. DeAndre Jordan not worth $25 million a year, and I'm sorry, but Clint not either. You're not worth that money in the in the grand scheme of when you're building a team that's going to be able to bring in other stars or other big-time players. I just seen a stat or a, a thing on the ESPN jump. We can we can say other names, so huh? we ain't gonna yeah. get fired yeah. for that. Right? Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> if they sign Boogie next year, right to the max deal, do you? And they showed their their salaries. Boogie would get paid thirty. The next person would get paid twenty six. The next person would get paid twenty five. Do you know who the next person after Boogie would be? I'm assuming Anthony Davis. Drew Holiday <laughs> makes more than Anthony Davis next year. That's insane. He will make 26 and Anthony Davis will make 25. So that's right. That is proof right there that you don't have to do that because Drew Holiday can play. I will take him tomorrow. I don't want him for $26 million. And the one thing we all have to remember, as I heard the boys talking about it yesterday, Ryan Anderson make twenty million next year and twenty million a year after that. That's all good timing on Rhino's part, coming to free agent at the right time, you know. Oh yeah, I ain't mad at it. No, I'm not mad at nobody for making the money they make. I'm saying when you build in the team and you have someone with that skill set. You know, with that skill set. But let me let me turn it around this way. Let me say this to you. If if what if Mike D'Antoni says to Tillman and Tad Clint does things as a big man in terms of running the floor, blocking shots, et cetera, that no other big man in the league can do for us right now. We cannot afford to lose it. Then what? You got to keep it because you have, you have to allow the basketball person. You have to, you have, then you got to keep him. I mean, I'm just telling you, I'm not the basketball person that Mike D'Antoni is. I'm telling you from, uh, a numbers perspective, a fan perspective, a media personnel perspective. I'm not telling you from a basketball knowledge person perspective when it comes to what he does though, and when it comes to the money. I'm just telling you my mindset. But if he tells you that, you have to take what your coach says as gold and you have to accommodate him for what he's asking you to do. All right, but, fair enough. But, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying, KJ. You can find another uh, another player that can do exactly what Clint does. But I, I started covering Clint when he was with the Vipers, down in the Rio Grande Valley. So if you look at every season, he's been with the Rockets. He's progressed. Everything from five points, ten points, now fifteen points, blocks, rebounds. You know, so I, I think now in the NBA. Having a a big man that and 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 I agree with you. He he has no outside shot whatsoever. I know he's training or he practices with a team, but man, I I just see it so hard to the take the time again to develop another center. Who who is the who do they have? Nene and they have uh, I can't even pronounce his name. Zoo <laughs> Joe Chi. And I, I Joe Chi, there we go. Joe Chi, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to say, I didn't want to say something else. Yeah, on the podcast. 
you know, it's it's going to take a while to develop another a, a center. And to me, in the NBA, man, now it's you know having a he doesn't have, you know Clint's not a superstar yet, but man, finding a center that you can depend on, I think, is just hard nowadays in the NBA because it's not a center-driven league. I'm not saying he's Anthony Davis type caliber. I'm not saying he's uh, the Marcus Cousins type caliber, but I I, I think Clint it's it, he's a huge key piece to this to this team that a lot of times I think it builds it, it gets everybody going defensively. I'm not saying he's a Rudy Gobert. If I had to pick between Gobert and, and Clint, I would go Clint. And I'm not saying that because because he plays for the Rockets. All right, let let me ask you this, and possibly okay, do you answer first? Warriors best five, whatever they call it, the Hampton Five, the Death Lineup, whatever, of Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond, Iggy, Durant. Who's the Rockets best five to go against that? Um, Joe Chi. <laughs> Come on, man, be serious. No, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> Harden. Their best five to go against that would be. Harden and Paul, Gordon, Tucker, and um, I, I would say, I would I would have to say Bob Mute. I got more faith in Bob Mute's defense than I have in Trevor's offense. And I'd rather him be on the floor because he can hit the same periodical jump shot that Trevor hit. So... That to me, that's the best five because you need those two defensively, which is Tucker and Bamute, and then you need the other three offense. And if, and if they leave Tucker, Tucker can battle either with he can battle with um, Green for rebounds. We know that, and he can and he can hold Durant if needed. And also, you know, uh, Eric Gordon can go toe to toe offensively with. With Clay, if need be, just when I say offensively, meaning he can at least get a, his own shot off. He don't need, he don't have to have, you know, everything does not have to be off catch and shoot. Juan, Rockets best five you against know, that Warriors five. Obviously, uh, James and Paul, because you got you got to have your masterminds on the court the same way the the, the Warriors, you know, have. Uh, uh, Durant and, and Curry. But I think the only, the only change I would make to that lineup is, it, it's just hard between Trevor and, uh, Luke, but I would go Trevor because of his length on Durant. I, I, I and he's been here before. <clears throat> Trevor, if I'm, he's playing two NBA. Two or th- uh, three straight NBA finals, what he did with the Lakers. I know he won. No, he played in two, and he won one. Right. He's the uh, only Rock that has a ring. I, I, he's the only Rock that has a ring. Um, but I would go Trevor because of his length. But I, I agree with KJ uh, about the cert- the shot. But I would I would rather have Luke come off the bench because I feel every time he comes out he he comes off he's just a spark plug. He gives. He gives them energy. He just brings that energy. And I feel like Trevor, and it's not a knock against him in any way. I, I, Trevor, I just, I just can't see him bringing, bringing that, that same kind of intensity off the bench. You know, some, some guys, 
they're just made to come off the bench to be that six man and bring that 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 energy. But another thing that you say, KJ, is having uh, Gordon out there. Man, he's been struggling a lot in this postseason. If it wasn't for that game three where he went off for twenty five, other than that, he 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 just hasn't been he's been MIA. Well, let, let me say this. Let me say this. Notice in, in both your fives, Clint Capella was, wasn't one of the five. So, yeah, but, yeah because, no, 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 uh, no, no. But we're talking about giving Clint this top dollar, but he isn't one of your best right. five. Right. Well, then again, the Warriors, they, they, they're in a, I, I would say they're in a smaller, they've gone smaller. Uh, yes, we've seen Clint be able to go up and down the court, but I would say this is more of an, of a, I think it, it has to be more of an experiment move, no matter who, what coach you have. You know, you may have to try it with Clint or without Clint, see how, how he plays out there. But then again, the Warriors is not a team that, uh, the other, uh, the only guy that drives in that team, in that starting five, and correct me if I'm wrong, is Durant and Green, correct? The other three, catch and shoot. Well, Kerr will drive to the basket and throw a floater. You know, uh, Clay gonna stop and pop on his drive. Now, my question: What would what would your what would your five be to combat it? And I would have Clint on the floor based on the fact that that uh, that he you know he doesn't he 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 takes a shooter off the floor when they have those five. All five of those can hit threes. So it's you know, and you don't have anybody that's just gonna be crashing to the basket. That's why I said. With um, that's why I said you have Tucker because Tucker has played that five in a four spot before. So, but what would your five be, Chris? I agree with y'all. I, I was I go back and forth would have a Clint on the floor to defend Draymond <laughs> or Iggy because both those two are the are the three point shooters for the Warriors. Those two are the weakest links. Correct. So if the Rockets could devise a defense to live or die with those two guys shooting threes, then that's what they got to do. Because, you know, we know Clay, Durant, and Steph are going to get their threes and shoot deep threes. But if Draymond, if Dray Draymond makes five, six, seven threes in a game, you just not going to win. <laughs> but, I, but I'm going to say, go ahead, man. You right. take those shots because we're going to guard everybody else. Iggy, same to you. You go ahead and take those threes. We're going to guard everybody else. So in but, that but situation, I would have Clint on the floor somewhat, but my concern with Clint against the Warriors is Steve Kerr was fouled. And sent Clint to the line, and Clint's free throw shooting has started to go down again. Right. Well, And this for me, for him, it's mental. I've seen him in pregame. He literally hit 10 to 12 free throws in a row. When he shoots his free throws, people that don't get to the games early as we have to, you know, I'm there an hour and a half before sometimes when I engineer for the for the, the road team. I've seen him hit 12 in a row, and with John Lucas standing right in front of him with his arms straight up, yeah. I couldn't even hit a free throw like that. So, he, so it's mental with him, and it may be, you know, you may be fatigued. That as my coaches do in high school, we run five laps and then you shoot free throws because that's how you're going to be in a game at the end. So, But I agree with you. He is going to fire and the thing about that, the only thing I hate about what you said and what you about letting Draymond shoot, that's what gets. And I and I said this earlier to, to 
real though. That's what those. That's what gets that team from a tie game at thirty nine with with the with the Pelicans and with ten minutes and twenty five seconds left in the second quarter to it being seventy to forty five. And because he hits those threes, and then the rest of the team just explodes. And I just he's hate a special Right. I just hate giving any pro player a wide open shot. I always say it. My five year old can hit five wide open shots if you give her that much time. So and she don't even play basketball. So that's my only obje- that's the thing that I hate about any time you're playing basketball professionally or division one college. Those dudes gonna hit wide open shots. Well, what are we gonna yeah, say? And I agree with Kate. I, I I agree with KJ. Uh, Draymond Green, he he's you know he's a he's the guy he's he's the heart of the Warriors, and I couldn't agree more. Once he gets going, it's like oh man, and, and that happened against against New Orleans in that uh, in that last what minute and a half when they when when you were like oh okay New Orleans is gonna make a comeback okay. Yeah, New Orleans would cut it down to seven, and then Draymond Green he scored a three, two three pointers, one, and then he got a clutch rebound, and then ended up being uh, a layup for the uh, for the Warriors, and it basically clinched the game for them. Yeah, I mean KJ's right, especially Draymond Green always finds a way to be open either in the left at at the left of the not the key, but at the left corner of the court. Or the right side of the key, if you pay, pay close attention, those seem to be his two favorite squads any time he's playing. But you know, a guy, and, and I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to uh, to the Rockets. How we always talk about defense. A guy that I wish, and, and nobody has made a comment about it, that I wish was with, with this team because of the way they play defensively and the way they have that tenacity now. And he has not been brought up because he was part of the. Uh, Chris Paul trade is Patrick Beverly. How would this team be right now if they if they had Patrick Beverly coming off the bench or or I wouldn't say starting for for the Rockets in place of who? You want me to answer that? What was that? In place of who? Who would, who would Patrick Beverly come off the bench for? In place of who? Let me know. In place of who? You gonna take Eric Gordon's minutes? No, no, no. I was oh, saying in like, place of who? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying, like, how would this team, like, imagine now the way this team plays defensively? Because the last couple of seasons, it's all, it was always, who, 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 who would come to mind when the Rockets would play defense the last couple of years? Patrick Beverly, right? Well, not, and Ariza, obviously. But now, you feel like, man, they finally have three or four guys that you feel like, okay, they can shut guys down. But what would this team be now if they still had Patrick Beverly? I don't see this team being, I see this team probably have been in lost the game, lost that series to Utah. They would not, if, if they had Patrick Beverly coming off the bench, they would be absolutely no better. My, what my defense was to everybody who, and I'm going to tell you, I was, I didn't know how this team was going to play with Chris Paul and James Harden. I had no clue. I had my reservations. I didn't have any clue that they would be this good, regular season good. But let me tell you, people, oh, man, we gave too much. They gave too many players away. I said, do you not realize that they essentially traded Chris Paul? I mean, they traded Patrick Beverly 
for Chris Paul. They gave all the other players away because of the money. Those players were not in the future of the Rockets. Yeah, you, because Sam, Sam didn't turn into what he was supposed to turn into. Harold was not progressing enough. He, Harold couldn't even pick up the slack last year when Nene went down. So if you look at those two guys who were the only two, the Williams was a money thing, you traded Patrick Beverly for Chris Paul. You became the best record-wise team in the NBA, and, and there's no way, under no circumstance, Patrick Beverly could do what Chris Paul did Tuesday. And this is, this oh. is the thing where I said they both <laughs> were the first team all defending guards last year, if I'm not mistaken, on defense. You got what you, you, all you did was trade Chris Paul for Patrick Beverly in that trade. What? Wow. KJ basically set me up. He, he, <laughs> he did it. He did it the way a reporter does. Backed it up with stats and backed it up every possible way. So I was just, you know, my point. But I understand, I understand the mindset though. Yeah. But you make, you make an excellent point. They're both, you know, I, I, and that's the thing about Chris Paul too, everybody. When you think about Chris Paul, the first thing that stands out is the assist, the offense. But man, Chris Paul always leads the league in steals. So, you know, you were, you were getting the, uh, full combo with Chris Paul. You know, I just had the mentality. I've always, I just, the stock creeps up like, man, what if we have that extra defender? And, and the reason why it creeped up was because, you know, I'm thinking, I was thinking, Defense, defense, defense against the Warriors. Because that, that's the thing that comes to mind the most. Defense. But then again, the Rockets have not been shooting the three-point ball well at all uh, in these playoffs. Especially, you know, that last home game against Utah. Right. <laughs> and, what, and, the, and the Rockets won thus far out of the eight wins. Most of the games they won because of defense. Right. And then a, a big quarter from Chris Paul, Harden, Capella with, you know, a double-double here and there, monster block shots. Um, down in game four, final minutes against Utah, Joe Green stepped up with a huge quarter. So different folks right. have stepped up. Let me ask you this. How much will – let's go with our Rocket Five, you know, Money Five with Harden, Paul, Gordon – Luke, Oriza, and Tucker. Might as well call it the Tuck Wagon lineup. Of the folks out of Clint, Gerald, and whatever Luke or Oriza that comes off the bench, how much do you see those three guys play off the bench? You got to keep Luke on the court. And that's for defensive reasons. I, I, I feel like the Rockets. So then how much does the Reza play? I, I mean, they, Man, I think, you know, you got to keep them. I, you know, I feel like Gerald Green, he's, I don't think, his, I think his limit, his minutes will be limited in this series, all in part because of defense. Luke and Trevor, I think they're going to have the biggest, they're going to play the, the most minutes. If we go with that five that we're, we're, we're thinking about, because if you want to stop this, Hampton's five or whatever that whatever you want to call it. 
if I'm that Tony, you got to go defense, defense, defense. I know his motto is shoot, 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 shoot the ball. But no, you got to you got to go defense, man. I would say <clears throat> that you're gonna go with whoever the the hot hand that day, that game. Like, remember the game in Minnesota when Trevor came out here with the first 11 points? Mm-hmm. And then you got, right. you got to keep feeding him the ball the rest of the game. So he's going to get the, 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 the most of the minutes for that game, you know, unless he gets tired or unless he starts missing. If Luke come out and hit three, two or three threes, which he don't even shoot the ball that much, but if he's hitting, you got to let him keep shooting. It's all about when it comes to the – now. You know with Gerald Green, if he come out, he's going to shoot. It's all about if he hitting or not. If he hitting, you're going to give him 18, 20 minutes, you know, and, you know, in and out. And we know his mindset, he is ready to <laughs> take it. He wants to take this team home, so we know he's going to be mentally ready at all times. And as far as Clint, I would say, if you if, see, they can't play the half to five for 48 minutes. So when you put, when they come, when they don't have them in there, you have to take advantage of Clint on Javel McGee or whoever or the other guy who I can't say his name, but whoever Stop they have. David West, the Kevon Looney. Yeah, Looney. I'm thinking about Looney, not West. You got to let Clint take advantage of the pick and roll on those situations when when they not playing those five because you know although they you know obviously they they that's a hell of a five but they can't play 48 minutes. And how much will Ryan Anderson and Nene play? Nene might not play 10 minutes the whole series. Anderson? I think Anderson, if he will play on the road, he can't shoot here for some reason. And the thing with Anderson is, he I don't think he gets much minutes, based, you know, very minimal, based on the fact his confidence is shot and he refuses to listen to the coach. When the coach tells you shoot it, I don't care if you miss your team shoot and you don't shoot, to me, you don't play. And that's what Ryan Anderson refuses to do. What about, what about, uh, I know, I know, now it's going to hurt. Omar Cassie, man. I got to play for the Rockets. <laughs> Who, who'd you say? <laughs> Omar Cassidy. No, he could, he got cut right before the season ended, so they could sign Quinn Cook. Right. Oh, really? I, 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 <laughs> hey, well, that means is running OVO because he came out of, two days ago or yesterday on a uh, high five and everybody. <laughs> My first thought was like, he's still on the team. <laughs> yeah, unless I missed yeah. something, he was because I remember that he got cut. Because I remember some folks are like, it's a tough business. Right before the playoffs, he gets cut so they could sign Quinn Cook to back up point guard. Oh, uh, he'll he'll be okay. They wanted, they wanted Quinn Cook for the for the playoffs, so they had to do it by I think April tenth. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hey, regardless if the Warriors win, he still gets the ring. Oh yeah. So see, it's okay. It's okay. He's a champ. He's going to be a champion if they win. But we know the Rockets. They're going to pull their heart out, and Tillman's going to go in there, give them a speech, and, you know, winning, and Mike D'Antoni, and Tad Brown. We know the Rockets are going to pull it off. We hope so. And one last thing, ask both of y'all, 
Uh, Tad Brown, I don't know if the Rockets have sent a press release about it yet, but Tad Brown said before practice today that there will be some road closures on Monday, Wednesday for game one and game two, and they're going to have a few events for uh, fans, and Tad said, and it'll be up to media to put it out there as well. Encourage the fans to get there early. I think some of the road closures will begin at 4 o'clock around Toyota Center. So long story short, long-winded statement to get to the question, what are your thoughts on Rocket fans not getting to their seats early? Is that an issue or folks like me and Adam Spillane making a big deal out of nothing? Uh, I think a lot of it had to do or has to do, you know, and I and I hate to say it. One is this traffic, but then again, the, the first game in the first and second round, they started off at eight o'clock. If I'm not mistaken, one even tipped off at eight thirty. Yeah, uh, most were seven though. Was on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, one on was on a Sunday, but there's there's no excuse. I think the I think the city of Houston was coming off or still. On that Astros high, the Astros won the World Series. Won the World Series. That could be another factor. But three, if you ask a casual NBA fan, a lot of people didn't know who Donovan Mitchell was till this series. True. So there wasn't really no star. There wasn't really no star power in Utah for you to say, "Man, I want to go see the Jazz." Then the Timberwolves. I think a lot. I, I, another thing when I would ask people, they would say. Oh, it's one through eight. The Rockets should have it. But the Timberwolves they have a nice squad. If you're an NBA fan, you're like, oh, man, Andrew Wiggins, Jimmy Buckets. I mean, Derrick Rose, he, he's not saying Derrick Rose. He was with Chicago. But, you know, he's in that team, Carl Anthony Towns. But I think for the casual NBA fan, I think the first two series, uh, they just weren't as appealing to them, you know. And another thing is the resale. You know, these, these tickets get bought, get bought, resold, and the price is so high that your casual NBA fan, you just can't go. And then the thing a lot of people have made, oh, we're going to wait till the Western Conference Finals. Do you realize that ticket now is three times more the value? 400 bucks. One of my friends paid for a ticket to, to uh, game two. Right. So, so it's like, I, you know, I think a lot of those factors uh, kick in. But it shouldn't be an excuse. But then again, you know, KJ knows, you know, I know. It's Houston. And I know we use that excuse over and over and over. We're, we're, it's a city that the crowd shows up late. It's a city that's like, you're there at the game to be seen at. You know, so I think a lot of those things, they come into play. Do you agree or not, KJ? I agree, but I don't care about the people and what time they show up. I never have. I always say, so what? The players don't – that doesn't make the game different for the players because they're going to play no matter what. And at the start of the game, because it's loud, that means nothing to them in the sense of if they're going to come out lackadaisical like they did in game two. That don't mean nothing to players. Players play the game, that means nothing. I, I I've never been a person where the crowd is late. The Texans, 
is the same way. And people, because of people outside tailgate. So the crowd coming late means it does, has never meant much to me. You know, and the thing is, those are the seats at the bottom, you know, where you can really see. Those people, those are corporate seats. Up on the second level, we know if you ever go up there, it's way louder up there. They just walk loud up in the, in the top bowl. The lower bowl is just, like Warren said, those are people who's there to be seen by someone. And they, 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 they lollygag to the game. They lollygag to their seats. You know, and they're out to look pretty and, and be seen. So that's just the way it goes. That has, to me, nothing to do with the outcome of the game. So it never mattered to me. <laughs> but then again, uh, there's other cities where, man, it's a, Golden State, for example, man, it's always sold out. And it's a city, again, you're there to be seen, even though it's in Oakland. I'm sure a lot of those fans from San Francisco. Cleveland, I get it. It's a blue-collar town. Boston, tradition, Philly is the passion. I think in Houston, we lack, we lack a lot of it, man. We re- I feel like we really do because for the World Series and leading up to the World Series, even from that first playoff, uh, that first series against Boston, and I know I'm mixing in different sports, and you were there, KJ, it was packed from the beginning, from the first inning. Am I, am, am I right? No, I agree with you because I was at the first Boston game, and uh, yeah, it was loud. It was crazy from the jump, but I think it's just the way basketball, basketball in Houston here. Yeah, yeah, it's just basketball fans here. You know, it's just, that's just the way it goes. But hey, what matters most is number thirteen, number three. Don't come out lackadaisical, and you know. <laughs> come out thinking, because they know now. And maybe that was the mindset of the last month and a half or so. We just waiting for Golden State. So now we shall see. Because we remember game one, they came out, and I mean game one of the season. In Golden State, they came out and watched them get their rings, and then they ended up beating them with Paul getting hurt. I want to say it wasn't the third quarter or so. So, this is big. But like I said, I won't back down. When I say this is make or break, this is for your legacy for the rest of your lives when they talk about basketball. Because if not, they go, because see, how they always talk about, uh, Chris Paul has played 85 games before he made it to the conference finals. Right? But what, I, what, and I would say this now because he's a rocket, but I wouldn't have said it before, but I may have. But, but all those years in, with the Clippers, Chris Paul was let down by the fact that Blake Griffin got hurt at a critical time in the playoffs almost every year. And the year in, that the Rockets came back on them from 3-1, people may not remember, Chris Paul had a bad hamstring. He was injured. And he had a triple-double against the Spurs to knock them out in Game 7. So you can, and but when you only have, it's only one of you and you injured, and then like you said, Blake always lets you down with an injury of some sort, and you really don't have anybody else to help you. A, a team like the Rockets should have beat you, even if you were a 3 one and up 19. They should have beat you. So I think this is for their legs. And, and that's another, and, that, and you said another uh, great point, KJ. And obviously the Warriors, <coughs> excuse me, they, uh, both, both sides, as of now, we hope, 
you know, we pray to God that, you know, it doesn't happen. There's yet to be injuries on both sides. Both teams come in healthy. That's the best part. So there's no excuse by the Rockets. Oh, hey, we're missing this guy. Or so-and-so got hurt prior to the series. Now, if anything happens, that can take, that would may, may change the series. You know, if somebody gets hurt, that means you can't do nothing about that. But now, you know, both teams come in healthy, ready, and rested. All right, fellas. I appreciate it very much. Juan and I have Warriors in six or seven. KJ, you got them. Rockets in what, seven or six? Rockets in seven. Rockets in seven. Is it seven or they going to sweep them? Whichever one you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever. You, you, what's your prediction, man? No, Rockets in seven. All right, Rockets in seven. Me and Juan got Warriors in six or seven. Juan, let's stop being wishy-washy. Pick one, six or seven for the Warriors. If it goes to seven, the Rockets are winning. Okay, so Warriors and six then. Warriors and six. If it goes to seven, the Rockets are winning it because for you know the, what we've been saying this whole time, the the Rockets fought for home court advantage all year, and they'll finally have it. And to a certain extent, KJ, I don't agree with something you said earlier. I think in a game seven Western Conference Finals, I think the crowd. Will. Oh, you took the words out of my mouth. They'll be there. Game seven, no, they will be there. <laughs> they will be there. They will be there. And the Rockets will feed off that crowd. And I think they'll feed off the crowd even in game one and two. I think it does make a difference. Look at, look at Utah. Man, you know, I know I've made this joke so many times. Molly Mormon and Mark Mormon Joe. Oh, they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Talking trash. In the players' faces. But the Rockets won those games, Juan. The Rockets won those games in Utah. Exactly. They won those games. But what I'm trying to say is, you know, teams can feed off the crowd. They can. And it happens not just in basketball, football, soccer, baseball. You know, I think crowds, they make a difference in in the game and to a certain extent, obviously. All right. I'm going to say Warriors in seven. So there we go. Woo! I hope I can talk trash to you that night. Hey, man, uh, the loser, the loser of this got to buy the winner, uh, dinner. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> so I think Rockets and Seven War, Rockets and Seven Warriors and Six, so either way I'll uh, win, right? <laughs> yeah, that is, that is weak, man. You, 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 you're covering both bases there, but, <laughs> but that's all right. That's one. Yeah, we'll let it, we'll let it slide one. Yeah, we'll let that slide. <laughs> All right, Juan Beltran, KJ, right. Kevin Joseph, brothers, I appreciate it, man, and I will see y'all uh, game one, right? Yes, yes, sir. Game, see you game. Monday. Game Sounds good. Monday. I'll be there to high five you at media dining. You got it. Tip off is I think seven thirty for the home games here, so seven thirty tip offs, game one and game two. Get there early, and fans, be loud where you're in, and you might see us walking around observing the sights. Who, who knows? That's a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you having me on again, uh, KG. And uh, y'all have a great weekend, Juan. Likewise, likewise. Uh, Chris, I appreciate you having me on again. This is really fun. Uh, let me know when you want to do it again. We'll do it again, man. Keep in touch. We'll talk about it uh, uh, Monday for sure.
Perfect. Sounds good, man. All right, y'all take care. Juan Beltran, Kevin Joseph, I'm Chris Dryden of the Houston Round Bar Review. Thank you very much. Talk to you later.